0: who show us how they are bringing a little bit of awesomeness along their individual journeys. Our hope is to inspire you to always keep pushing and to stay awesome along the way. There are no words to faithfully pinpoint the sense of appreciation I have for my next guest. A connection that happened purely by coincidence has since evolved into a wonderful and growing friendship. Through various exchanges, I got to know an individual whose colorful sense of vulnerability and personal truth, topped off with a personality that some might consider somewhat brash, revealed to be just some of his many endearing qualities. But don't let the foul mouthed, tattooed, gray haired, unapologetic persona fool you. Dennis Gable is certainly one of the hardest workers out there brand producer and consultant, self worth strategist, podcaster. These are just to name a few of his many talents. But to me, it's even more personal. Dennis is truly a courageous and heartwarming individual, the kind whose brutal honesty is a gift rather than a nuisance. You sort of need people like that in your corner, in my opinion. On this episode, Dennis and I exchange on vulnerability, coming to terms with your own personal demons, taking ownership of your responsibility in the process, trauma, recovery, and so much more. Please be aware that some of the topics and language might not be suitable for some audiences. Listen to discretion is advised. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 122 with Dennis Gable. Here we go.
1: It, like in some of these conversations, and, and I'm, I love that you were willing to share some of your story with me um, when we first jumped on, because what you experienced is so normal. Um, and I f- it feels as if, or our experience currently shows that there aren't enough men willing to say, you know what, I don't like this for whatever reason. Um, and change course and so man I applaud you for putting in the work and and being willing to spend your time and energy and effort and time away from your family and you know you've done what 118 episodes like yeah as of today yeah (laughs) this is like um, it's a lot of work man Uh, as somebody who's done I've done 80 episodes of self to society or 82 uh, and they're all about 20-25 minutes and you the length of yours are typically an hour plus. Yeah. And like, that's a fucking lot of time you've dedicated so much of yourself to sharing your story and connecting to other people's stories that I I think what I, what I want to say is that's a really fucking manly thing to do. (laughs)
0: <laughs> appreciate it, man. I really right? appreciate like, it because it's uh, it's not something that I pay too much time to think about. But when you take a second, just like now, right, when you have nothing but time, you know, to think yeah. about the journey and to think about where you've come from, because everything has a cost. Nothing comes for free. right everything is a cost it's energy it's time it's resources it's 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 editing it's really thinking about what is the best authentic way i can bring and value this person's time and knowledge and insight you know people like you and because again like you know we all we all have obligations and stuff but it really means a lot thank you it really touches me thank you so much
1: man you're welcome um and this is you know the this platform that you hold you're one of the terms that is circulating that I do appreciate is the term holding space. Um, when I, so I used to be a, a pastor in what feels like another life.
0: <laughs> um, no kidding.
1: I did. Yeah. Uh, I was a, a part of the evangelical Christian church for, uh, almost 20 years, um, okay. in different capacities. But one thing that I would say that wasn't very popular is that I said, I, I hold my faith with open hands. So, once I got out of my early young legalism, which I was in at one point um, where I was, you know, really assholish and really fucking opinionated and judgmental. And like, if you don't do it this way, then it's wrong. Um, Once I got out of that, which I was very grateful to get out of, I started saying, I I just hold this with open hands. And that means that it can, it can ebb and it can flow and it can, um, it can shift and it can evolve and it can change. Um, And that's when I really felt alive in my faith um Mm -hmm. I no longer hold to that same faith I would consider myself now probably an agnostic Mm -hmm. um where my my statement is just I don't know it's not that I don't have thoughts or beliefs or opinions but I don't know so agnostic feels healthier to me Um, and in that I've learned how to hold humans with open hands Um, and And for me, that feels like holding space it, the The terminology feels very similar to me, and so uh, there's I think a lot more you, empathy there yeah um, it it feels man what 's the right word uh, I feel connected to i feel connected to people when i 'm willing to hold them open handed and not mm-hmm. grab them tight and control them or not push them you know one way or another, but really like listen, um, let let their story become a part of me for a minute without any expression. I don't have to express any thought, um, you know, but holding space, and, and that's something that you're doing with this, uh, and it's really beautiful. I think that a platform like the one you've created gives people a lot of freedom to be, to at least, it gives them the opportunity to experience the truest version of who they can be um when somebody who who is as gracious as you holds holds the space um and and just allows them to be so uh i fucking such a gentleman
0: wow dude you're my guess is you're just like you're just like laying it on there man like wow (laughs) (laughs) okay if i if we weren't so disconnected i was like you would see me blushing because i genuinely am because uh, a lot of people would tell you, like being on the receiving end, uh, I'm always, it's always, not uncomfortable. It's just that I'm really working towards being more accepting of these wonderful words of recognition and appreciation. Because, you know, you never stop to think about it because you don't do it for the likes or the appreciation. But coming from such a genuine person as you, and when I really mean genuine, I really truly mean it because I know you're all about authenticity and all about transparency and making no apologies for who you are. And it's something I truly do respect. Because it's something that a lot of people need to be a little bit more aware of uh, in that regard, because we try so hard to be, quote unquote, the best version or be more polished or be more, uh, you know, what is the most acceptable facet. And it really means a lot to me, you know, to, to hear you say that, because, you know, uh, you don't stop to think about it. But, you know, coming from you, it really does mean a lot. I'm not just saying that. So I really do appreciate it, it's really much, really, really. Thanks so much. But. Um, what, I wanna when I wanna say when I wanna highlight to people when Dennis is ta- talking about you know really being the truest version of themselves, it's something that comes across. And this is really gonna be sound funny, but for me, it really made me laugh. When I went on your website and I saw an excerpt of a of a, of a talk or maybe was it a workshop that you were conducting with a group, I believe of realtors, mm-hmm. and you just went at it, you know the usual like, hi, I'm Dennis, it's my credit, my business, owner?" like you know going on the brand logos and everything, and then you stop, Dennis, and you go into a striptease. But <laughs> for, I'm not spoiling it, but it's totally, it, it's, it totally goes into where I want to have this conversation about both authenticity and acceptance and, of course, knowing yourself. And what happens is that Dennis actually just goes into the entire shit because we've all been there. We've all done workshops in our, in our, you know, attended workshops or at work or anything. And of course, you have, you know, the presenter who shows up with his expertise and I've done this and I've done that. And this is who I am. This is why you are just going to sit here for half a day with your donuts and coffee and just listen to me. <laughs> but then he just flips it on you. And then he takes off the vest, he takes off the shirt and says, like, you know, there's absolutely no fucking way you're ever going to see me in my truest form dressed like this. And then he goes off, you know, with his Vans and his sneakers and jeans and his black shirt and everything. And I'm like, that is genius because you drove the point home. Okay, I'm sorry. I just spoiled the workshop for you there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's okay.
0: But but really, um in all honesty, that to me, not even being in the room, I'm like, see that's how you go about presenting yourself to the world, to people, to colleagues or anyone. You have to be about you and that starts from making the effort to you know dig deep and i know you've done that and definitely you know we're going to touch on that in this a little bit dennis if you want because Mm -hmm. i really need people to hear this this is the time where people need to understand that there is no greater moment than now to be the best version of you and it starts by Mm -hmm. knowing yourself and what was that like for you dennis because to be so comfortable reaching up to that workshop you probably had to go through some stuff to get to that point (laughs)
1: Uh man, I've been through a thing or two. Um, <laughs> thank you for, thank you for recognizing that. The me me doing that that way um, is always very interesting, right? You've got people, because I have people in the room, and I think this happens on social media too. I would I would suggest that a lot of people who follow me don't quite get me. I would I think that that's probably true. I think people. This is true. Um, who follow me are just going, what in the fuck am I watching? Uh, What is this thing? And then I think there are other people who do follow me, who really align like yourself, um, who understand, who are a part of the dialogue, who um, can enter into those conversations. And when I do that particular piece of the presentation, uh, the room splits, like I can visibly see the room split.
0: You feel it, you see it, it's there. Dude,
1: It's crazy. And And I, because I show up looking like they want me to look. And then I immediately take all of my visual credibility away. I'm a six foot one 37 year old man with a lot of gray hair and covered in tattoos. And I wear almost all black and that's typically t-shirts and jeans with my jeans rolled up. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I take away that visual credibility to say, this isn't about what you see. This is about what you get. Um, and in order to get there, I have, I have had to overcome a lot of myself. Uh, I think this is one place where I could really easily look at um, my dad's addiction or the abuse or my parents' divorce or my mom's addiction or, um, you know, the abortion I paid for when I was 16 or this failed relationship or that relationship. I could pretty easily go, th- you know, the loss of both of my parents, like both of my parents have passed away. I no, could point at, at any of these things and say, these are the things that stood in my way. And what I've learned and what, uh, what I've come to believe about myself is that I was the thing standing in my way for most of my life. Um, and even still, I was having a conversation yesterday about um, a work, like um, a program that I'm trying to create. Um, so I have the, there's this burning desire in my heart to reach out to men who aren't, uh, who haven't done the work that you started to do, right. Mm -hmm. Who, who were the men who sit on their couch and don't say, man, how can I get better at this? Um, but the men who sit on their couch and order another escort or, you know, pour more deeply into the pattern of shame or whatever it is. Right. Um, I have such a burning desire to get the attention of men um, who are are dancing with shame in a way that will end up killing them um, because I've watched men do it. Um, And so what I've had to learn throughout my life is that, well, let me finish that thought. She was telling me in that conversation, my friend, she said, in order for you to actually do this work, you'll have to not care what people think about you because this is not going to be popular work. And, right. and the truth uh, is that I do deeply care about what people think about me. Um, oh, I y'all. try, I try. Yeah. I, I mean, we, I think so the, you know, there's the Gary V sort of um, train that would say, you know, fuck what people think, just do what you want be who you are. Hashtag and there are some, no fucks given. Right. And, and most of that is a persona. I share some of that persona. Um, but I share it in a way where what I've learned is that, if, if what people think about me stops me from doing something, that's the problem. It's not that I care that it's not that I, um, care that they have an opinion or that they're thinking something it's, if I let the opinions stop me, then I'm losing. Right. So I'm even right. still trying to get over certain elements of that. So, uh, which I think is lifelong, right. Um, the, so the presentation, the, the meat and potatoes of that presentation is something that I have to work on every single day. Every time right. I post something on Instagram, I think, is anybody going to give a shit? Like, does this really fucking matter? I don't know if it matters. I don't know if anybody cares. Um, every time I post something, the amount of times that I think about posting that I don't <laughs> far outweigh the amount of times that I do, right? When I oh, overthink sure. it and I... I get in my head and I'm, and I start, you know, um, allowing, I start allowing for the, I let, I let the opinions of people take me out of my space. Um, Mm. so, so to backtrack, um, to actually answer your question, I've been through a lot of things, my friend. Um, I've experienced a lot of pain. I've seen a lot of pain, And for most of my life, I said things like, you know, uh, I I am this way or I act this way or I have this opinion on life because my dad did this and my mom did this and this girl did this and, you know, my friend did that and whatever. And what I've had to learn and part of it was through healing from cheating on my ex wife, I had Mm -hmm. to learn that I'm the one that fucked up any any bad decision I've ever made. I made the fucking decision, not anybody else. And it's to nobody else's fault that I would make that decision. And, uh, and that was really hard to swallow. Um, I experienced so much shame in being unfaithful. Um, I was throwing up every day from the shame. Like I would wake up and just puke bile because I, I, I like, I was, my body was so unnerved. Um, I was so unnerved by what I was doing. Um, But I, but once you, uh, I'm working on this, this narrative uh, called dancing with shame. Mm -hmm. Um, Once you, once you enter the dance floor with shame, I'm, you're in control. When you start the dance, you're the leader of the dance, but it's not long until shame takes over and leads you and shame will lead you wherever in the fuck it wants until you take back the reins, until you take back that leadership role in your own life to say, no, 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 no. Uh, I don't have to do these things. I will not do these things. So shame led me into a place where I was doing something I never, ever in my fucking life that I would do. I never in my life thought I would be somebody who cheated on their wife, and I did. Um, and then to get to get myself starting to heal and to a place where I felt like I could show back up in the world, I had to say, you know what? Was my marriage perfect? Nope. Um, did my ex-wife treat me well all the time? Nope. Did I treat her well all the time? Nope. Nope. None of that mattered. What mattered is that I fucked up and I owned it and I continue to own it. And that I think is what gives me the ability to stand in front of people. Even when I have the insecurities that I carry and say, you know what? This is what it is. And this is who I am. This is what it is. Yeah. So that's where, that's That's the journey for me.
0: That's how far we've come because, and for the listeners, I really greatly encourage you to pick any one of Dennis's episodes and just sit down and strap yourself in. This is not something that you're going to do while you're washing the dishes. This is something that you need to be, as we were talking in the beginning, you need to be present, you know, whether five minutes, whether 20, it's important to sit down and hear about Dennis's personal accounts. I'm not I'm not don't don't go there there just like you know just to hear a sob story because Dennis brings the same vulnerability, the same honesty about his own personal experiences and, and struggles, not always pretty, but truthful. And that is something that I truly I truly value because it takes a lot of audacity to show up in this thing called life, especially like you know with this, you know, avalanche of perception of you know happy happy joy joy that everybody's trying to show up but if you're fucked up you have to say that you're fucked up as i like Mm -hmm. to say it's okay to not be okay and i was wondering if you could speak on that in terms of obviously having gone through this journey and as you say we're ever evolving you know if we could speak on that in regards to you know people needing to put in the work in regards to acceptance because a lot of times as you put it so vulnerably it's, a, it's very hard to show up to yourself and actually look at yourself I'm not even talking about therapy, just to have that conversation. Take two seconds and mm. realize that, you know what? I'm not really such a nice person. Or, mm. you know what? On some days, I am an asshole. You know? On some days, I may not be the best person to be around. And you need to be able to know that. But it's hard, Dennis. It's really hard.
1: It, it, uh, it's certainly not for the... It, if you... Well, let me say it this way. I was going to say that in a way that I don't think I believe. (laughs) Um, Humans are very resilient. Um, You hear statements like, uh, I don't have the capacity, right? Um, I don't have the space to love something or to love someone, right? The amount of times in dating uh, that I've heard, like, you're really great. I just don't have the capacity to date you. Humans Humans have an endless capacity for emotion endless. We have an endless emotion, uh, capacity for resilience, like to experience pain and keep going. What makes it, what makes it worse where I think we fall short is that it's really easy. It, it's really, really easy, um, to live your life in a way that says, uh, almost like we take these movie narratives, right? Like, Oh, that poor person. And then we turn that, narrative onto ourselves and go, Oh, poor me. Um, And I cannot do that. (laughs) Um, I think for me, one of the things that I've done well, I don't know that I've done a lot well, but one thing that I've done well is to continue to say, I don't give a fuck what happens. I'm getting through it. Um, It may kick my ass. It may knock me down, but I'm going to get through it. And, and part of that comes to doing the work. So the thing that you're, that you're speaking to um, in terms of self-love and self-acceptance and uh, self-acknowledgement, right? Which I think is something that we don't talk about a lot. Um, we talk about self-love and self-acceptance, um, but self-acknowledgement is such, it's a, it's a word that we don't use very often. Um, but to know ourselves is, is really the it's, the, it's the work that we're here to do. Um, you'll hear people talk about like, oh man, you know, I'm here on earth to do this thing. I believe that about myself. I think there are certain things that I'm here to do um, or that I have the ability to do while I'm here. But our our number one primary thing that I believe every human is here to do is to be self-acknowledged is to understand what they are, what they provide, who they can be uh, to other people. And, and how that can um, impact the people who come in contact with them. Right. Like that is, that's, that's operation number one. And a lot of people never get there. Um, A lot of people live in comparison and they live in, you know, shame and they live in self-pity and they live in trying to keep up with the Joneses and they live in, you know, car after house, after car, after purse, after dress, after shoes, after whatever. Um, And not that some of those things aren't aren't necessarily bad. Um, When they're the thing that you spend your life pursuing, they are not good. Um, And so the self-acknowledgement piece is something that was so important to me because when I looked at myself in the face and I And and I this this journey started for me long before I cheated on my ex wife right like no kidding really I I was going I was this is like version two (laughs) of how how Dennis cannot be an asshole Um, because version one when I was in the church I had a lot of people looking at me saying you're different from everybody so I would lead by saying look you're not perfect and I'm not either so let's be not perfect together and. I had learned um, certain practices on how to call myself out granite. It was not nearly what it is today. Those were like baby steps. It was like eating fucking uh you know mushed up peas <laughs> instead of instead of really having a meal like i was I was just scratching the surface on what it meant to look at myself in the mirror and say, "You fucked up um, I'm now at a place where I, I feel really confident in that. I feel like I've, I've honed what it means to call myself on my shit. Um, I don't do it perfectly. I don't do it all the time. I do it uh, often enough that I feel good about it. <laughs> um, but one of the things where that's really hard is to look yourself in the face and go, you are both really good and a piece of shit. And then marrying those two so it's it's looking at the different elements of our lives and and you know for me um when i'm in person and i'm in a room i can be very charming i love to you know be fucking. i'm on and i'm there and i'm shaking hands and i'm smiling and i'm making people laugh and i love to be that kind of energy Mm -hmm. um to be charming like that is really dangerous it can be really dangerous i've done some really terrible shit with that same mechanism that I can do a lot of good with. Um, and that's what I mean by looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, you're great and a piece of shit at the same time and marrying Knowing those your two. potential. Okay. Right. Like giving yourself enough grace to work through the parts of, of these, these elements of ourself that we didn't handle well and that we didn't do good with acknowledging it, recognizing what is beautiful about it, trying to make decisions to no longer do the shitty part of it, and then moving forward with a a new refreshed version of self confidence in that particular area, um, one of the uh, I'm really grateful that I said this earlier. Really grateful that you've listened to the podcast at all. So thank you. Um, <laughs> one thing that one thing that I say a lot, I t- talked a lot about, um, is the journey of self love that I went on early about a year ago. Um, I was super distraught. Um, there was money was tight and my self-worth was pretty low. Um, I was having to change where I lived. And there, there, there just was a lot of uh, chaos in my life. And I was looking in the mirror and thinking that I was the reason for the chaos, right? Um, and one thing that I started to do is I sat on my my shower floor, which is kind of my safe haven. Uh, when I need to, like my kids know, I, my kids were here the other day and I, I walked in from the house, or I walked in the house, I'd went to the grocery store and I said, hey, I'm stressed as fuck. I'm going to go sit in the shower. Uh, I'll be out in a little bit. And my kids just know that that's my safe place. So I was sitting in the shower and I I said to myself, Dennis Allen Gable jr. I love you. You're more than enough. You're not too much. And that was all I said. And I repeated it about, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 times. Um, and in the repetition of it, it got easier to say. And, and then I was, I was saying that every day. But every day I would add something else. So it would be, uh, I think it's really important when you do this sort of thing to use your full name, like your full given name. Um, and so I would say Dennis Allen Gable Jr., you're more than enough, you're not too much. Or I love you, you're more than enough, you're not too much. Those are the things I always said. And then I would add on and say, your creative mind is not a burden Right, um, I would say things like your communicative skill is not um, is not um manipulative your Your creative innovative brain is a value to people, right, like whatever it was that I was feeling insecure about, I would address it mm-hmm. but here's the thing that i th- think is really important. Um, I I think this will finally, I'm obviously very long-winded. No, I I love this. I love this. I'm listening, really. um, The thing that finally gets us to this play, because affirmations have played a big role in the last 10 years, right? Do affirmations and affirm, affirm and affirm and affirm and affirm and affirm. I don't know about you or the, uh, or your listeners, but I know shitty people who affirm, affirm themselves, <laughs> oh, yeah. so, you know, like oh, yeah. just affirming alone is not, it's not good enough. It has to come with a self acknowledgement where we understand what the broken pieces are and we affirm them along with the really great things. So for me, most of my life, um, growing up, my dad would say things like, ah, oh, you're just a little piece of shit. Like my dad called me asshole, probably 10 million times throughout his life. Oh wow. That's a lot of baggage. Wow. Um and you know statements like you're a little piece of shit, you're not going to do anything, you're like my dad called me a little bitch a lot. Um I was not my dad is really brilliant. He was amazingly smart but he was mathematically minded and I'm not. I'm very creative minded and so we never understood each other. And his way of handling shame, like shame took him on a dance that he fucking lost to. Um, My dad was a heroin addict until I was in my 20s. Mom was on uppers until I was in my late teens. They both drank and smoked and partied and, you know, hence why they're both dead. Like they were adults making adult decisions and their adult decisions caught up with them. Um, And I don't say that that way to sound heartless. It just, Mm -hmm. one of my philosophies is adults make adult decisions. There you go. I don't get heartbroken about shit that, you know, if somebody ends up in, in rehab, they're an adult making an adult decision. Like I've got no emotional attachment really um, unless there's a need to be attached. Anyway, that's probably a different episode. No, no, it totally makes <laughs> um, sense. Thank you. Um, but I've watched people um, sit in, the shame and and put it onto other people so many times. And I was, as a child, I was that other person where I had somebody telling me, you're not good enough. You're a piece of shit. You're a little bitch. You're not going to be anything. You're an asshole. You're not going to be anything. You're a little bitch. You're a piece of shit. You're not going to be anything. And by the time that I was an adult, I still, I mean, I've gone through fucking really intense therapy, um, a type of, ter- ter- a type of therapy called EMDR, um, to, to heal from this like I have looked the child version of Dennis in the face and said you are enough boy you know what I mean like you're enough pick up your fucking bag and let's go you're enough and it's okay like I've I've spent time and energy and effort in in by myself and in therapy to undo so much of what was said to me because my love language is words of affirmation if I, it doesn't matter what the fuck happens. If you tell me, man, you did a really great job, I'm set. That's all I need. <laughs> and so wow. the opposite of that, the um, the criticism and the negative words, like they kill me. Oh my God, it, they kill me. Um. So to spend the time to undo that and then get to a place of self-acknowledgement where I could look in the mirror and say, Dennis Allen Gable Jr., I love you. You're more than enough. You're not too much. Like those not two statements were so impactful for me. And I said them daily for like three or four months. Um, and I I finally started to believe it. And I what happens is we unravel the fucking um, shitstorm of things that people create inside of us or that we create inside of ourselves at times as well. And I started to see myself and go, man, I'm really not too much. Like I'm not for everybody and that much I do know. But the parts oh, yes. of me that the parts of me that people have, have thought were too much, A, they probably just were too afraid to handle. And B, those are the things that are my fucking superpower. There you go. Like my go. ability to shoot from my hip and um, and and speak and, um, and come up, and I can't even come up with the words while I'm saying it, and come up with words. Like every podcast episode I did was unscripted. I didn't ha- barely... I would rarely even have titles or topics before turning on the live camera.
0: That's what make them gems, whether on a live or on a, like when they actually pop up on, uh, on my podcast, uh, on my podcast player. I was like, Hey, Dennis has got something wrong. They're just listening to that. Yeah. It's somebody in their home and giving their perspective, their own little vantage point of the world from their own little nugget of life. You know what, this is who I am. This is what I got. And as you said, you know, I'm not for everyone and that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. You know, it's something that I applaud you for, because it's something that, first of all, it obviously shows that you put in the work and how much it's important, because a lot of us, you know, probably having gone through lesser or worse circumstances, we're not here to compare. We're only here to acknowledge, as you said, you know. A lot of people would be afraid to, you know, dig so deep and try to unravel all the BS that probably caused us to get to here. But as you said, you know, it's not about pointing fingers, whether at spouses, significant others, children's jobs, you know, relatives. And, you know, you might be tempted to say, uh, yeah, it's because of, but like, okay, what is my What, where are thou? Where are you in relation to, okay, what do you, what are you going to decide? What are you going to do now? Okay, fine. All of this happened to you. Okay, great. Not fun. Not saying that you deserved it, but okay, this is what you're dealing with. This is your deck of cards. Now what are you going to do with it? And that's what I'm hearing from you. There was acknowledgement. There was ownership. There was acceptance. There was obvious pain that we had to deal through, but also there was a choice. I'm like, you know what? This is where I am. Fork in the road. What do we do? Do we keep on? on the same treadmill or do we get off and try something else and for the parents listening. And I'm just asking this question really openly. There was this really reminds me of this, uh, this story I heard again, I'm totally paraphrasing. I'm really trying to try to keep it short. So basic scenario uh, you know, a parent is actually, uh, you know, just drinking and like, you know, the, the household is in, is in a mess hoarding and stuff and a mess and a mess and a mess. I think it was a psychological, again, I'm totally paraphrasing. This could be true or not. But it would, I think it was an experience done on twins. And one of the twins ended up like, you know, same pattern as the parent, you know, abusive and just drinking and everything. And the other twin came up really successful, wealthy and everything. And when they got the twins together and like, okay, what made you, what was the, what was the click? And both of them, you know, ended up saying the exact same thing. Look at where I came from. So we can choose hmm. to, if mine is making sense, you know, I really sped through that. But, you know, we can actually choose. Do you think that we have a choice in regards to, okay, we have our upbringing, which defines our patterns, or we can have our upbringing and say like, okay, this is what I'm working with. I can choose to do the exact opposite. Do you believe we have a choice in your experience? We're not there. We're not doing a therapy session here, but in
1: all honesty, do you believe we have a choice? Yeah, man, that's such a beautiful question. <laughs> um, the reason that it's a beautiful question is because there's so much talk about nature versus nurture, right? And for parents listening, um, think about think about the, the ramifications of nature versus nurture as a conversation. So you have two children. One grows yes, up sir. to be total shit in the world. Can't control themselves, can't control how they deal with other people. Um, maybe addict, maybe, you know, whatever. The other one grows up to be very compassionate and thoughtful and handles themselves and other people very well. They grew up in the same home under the same ideals with similar parenting. You know, kids a couple years apart obviously get a little bit different versions of styles of parenting, but Mm -hmm. presuming that the love is the same in the home, um, that nature versus nurture conversation can destroy parents. Like I have seen it make parents so ashamed of what their child Mm -hmm. became because they then take it on themselves and say, if I would have parented better, if I would have done better. Um, my child wouldn't have, wouldn't be acting this way or wouldn't turn out this way or whatever. So I think that, um, as it's traditionally framed, it can be really harmful. Um, my opinion is that there's not much nurture that happens. I really don't think, um, I, so my, my, my childhood was, I was in bars every day till I was five years old, legitimately. Um, my parents partied a lot, always parties at our house. There was a bong on our coffee table <laughs> at all times. Um, my dad was a heroin addict. My mom was on uppers. The, the abuse was really rampant. Like um, I was free to do whatever I wanted from like 12 years old on, I had no curfew. I could fucking, I could have done anything. I was nurtured to become like my parents. And yet somehow I turned out, and I've done shitty things. So I'm not, I'm not saying that I, I turned out great. But I've turned out in a way that I'm thoughtful about myself and my actions, um, and I want to continually be evolving to something better. Um, I did not grow up in a home that uh, I'm, the, the, the statistics put me as a drug addict, right? The statistics put me as um, somebody who would uh, be far less concerned about my emotional and mental health than I am. So I think for parents listening, give yourself some grace (laughs) because I don't know that you have that much to do with it. I think as humans, we are born mostly as the thing that we become. Um, obviously there we can learn shit, right? Like, um, We have the ability, like I spent my childhood lying to kids, telling other kids that I was Hispanic because I grew up in the West side of Phoenix where most of my neighbors and classmates were either black or Hispanic. And so I, I was often like, I was the minority almost my whole growing, like growing up education. And so with that, I was lying and telling kids in like fifth grade like no i 'm Mexican, like look at this little mustache i have i 'm obviously Mexican, but i 'm clearly such a fucking white kid that it 's not even funny like the lie wasn 't even good um, and so i'm i 'm lying to try to to earn allegiance right to try to find friends to try to become something i 'm not um, and I think we experience that as our frontal lobe is growing right we uh, we're under, underdeveloped as kids and even teens and preteens. Um, and But once we turn into adults, we start to really see what the thing is inside of us. And I don't know that our upbringing has that much to do with it. There are too many wow. cases of people growing up with really great loving families with the support, with the systems to make them successful. And they treat people like shit. They treat themselves and other people like shit. Then they're equal at least amount of stories who kids grow up in really poor unsupportive um, families and they become good humans or at least decent humans who care about themselves and other people. And then you find the, you know, both on both sides. Um, Shitty kids come from shitty homes and good kids come from good homes and there's no Mm -hmm. real, there's no real mechanism for how it works. So if, if you're a parent that's listening, um, please give yourself some grace because I really don't believe in my observation of the world that we live in that we're doing that much to shape our children. I really right. don't. I think, I think a human is born as a human um, and that human takes its experiences and learn has certain behavioral responses that probably are mostly natural um, that's why we have, you know, there's horoscopes and there's things like the Enneagram and there's all of these ways that we can systematically understand why we do the things we do. Um, and I think so much of it is natural. If, if something like a natal chart, um, which would suggest that the place, date, and time that I was born make up who I am, um, then n- nothing else has mattered. Nothing <laughs> right? else mattered um so and natal chart is really interesting like if you follow it as an adult it's really fucking interesting it's wild um i obviously as an agnostic i don't give i don't pour my soul into it i just keep saying i don't know but it's really fucking interesting when if you ask the question it is interesting dude it's so interesting and so for me that would suggest that nothing that happened to me as a child in my in in how my Parents raised me really had an effect on who I became as a man. It might have had an effect on some of my behavior and how I learned to treat other people, right? But my core flinch as a man uh, or as a human is my core flinch. And it's it's how I choose to authentically show up and admit that that's true. So um, that, that may be another uh, caveat to that is, I think people have a flinch and an instinct and they can override that instinct by certain behavior. So I think that there are good people who act bad and bad people who act good. Um, But at the core of it, we are what we are. And we have to acknowledge that and unravel it. And that's what the journey is from the time that we're born until the time that we die and anything else good that we do for the world is kind of just a bonus
0: (laughs) it's so empowering to hear you say that from one parent to another because we struggle with that so much especially with me because I've got two young kids and every single day you know when you see you know when they're having a tantrum or yesterday they like something but today that they don't and then for some reason, you said something today you wanted to play, but today, now you're not. Right now, I'm, I'm in a phase where I'm very transparent with my kids. Something I would say that I was not brought up to do, not putting that on my father in any way. It's just that, again, we had, as you said, different parenting styles, different, you know, upbringings, and, you know, different... Because sometimes it takes a lot of weight off my shoulders and off his probably. Like, you know, sometimes when you take the perspective of your own bubble and you realize that, you know, parents, from their perspective, are trying to do the best they can with what they've got you know i'm not dealing with the struggles that he had raising me and you know what it's my turn to take care of my kids and my reality and you know my set of obstacles hurdles and insecurities and sometimes as you said sometimes i'm not into it you know and i'll tell my wife bless her heart like you know what today i need tag like i'm gonna go down to the basement i need 10-15 minutes like put him in front of Paw Patrol. I don't care. I, I just need time <laughs> right now. Yeah. You know, and you need to be able, because if I'm comparing myself to my father, my father would not have all these introspective moments. He was like, no, I am a man and you we will address this. And you know what? I do not have time for, you know, your feelings and stuff, but mm-hmm. you know, in those good moments, even to this day, you know, we have a lot of very elevated conversation, you know, sometimes I'll slip it in there. It's like, that was it hard to raise me or sometimes you know dad you know remember that thing when I when I mouthed off when I mouthed off and I said that thing I know you don't remember but I do and you know Mm -hmm. you were really upset and I'm sorry you know for him it was like you still remember that but for some reason I felt like I had to say that (laughs) you know and he really appreciated so it creates a lot of really interesting conversation these days he's still around and you know but thank you so much for sharing that but I wanted to segue that just a little bit because Mm -hmm. you talked about Again, the unknown and not knowing. And you know what? This is probably the insecurity a lot of people have to deal with, not just parents, but all of us right now in this current, you know, shift of the universe that's happening. (laughs) But this this, uh, recent IGTV just posted in regards to laying it all on the line, in regards to, which is a lot of what you... Bring forward to people, not just you know in your practice, you know as a consultant and a brand producer, but also in regards to just the vulnerability of taking chances and being who you are. And I really, really wanted to open it up, you know, just the floor, just like you know, tell people why it matters to you so much to say that out there. Because I really think that people are not really taking that much acknowledgement of the opportunity that is in front of them right now. How important is it right now, Dennis, to lay it all on the line?
1: Hmm. Oh, um, before I answer, I'm glad that you and your dad get to have some of those conversations. Um, it, I, uh, it, it makes me happy that you're willing to have those conversations. Um, cause it could be, it's very easy for you to, to just not, um, and, you know, follow his lead with him and say, no, no, this doesn't exist. This doesn't exist, but you're being you with your father, which is really fucking cool. So high five to you for doing that. Appreciate um, it. I, so here's, <clears throat> I have, I don't like to say things like, well, people generally blank because what I'm doing is I'm, I'm by saying that I'm giving people an out, I'm giving somebody an opportunity to say, yep, I'm one of those people. So how oh. I was going to start how I was going to start this was saying a lot of people feel like they work too hard or move too fast. And so they're using this as an opportunity to quote unquote rest. However, um, if I say it that way, it gives anybody listening the opportunity to go, yep, that's me. This is my time to rest. (laughs) So, so I don't want to say it that way. I don't want to give anybody the opportunity to trick themselves into giving less of what they should give. So here's how I'll say this. Humans often have a propensity to be mediocre. Why? I don't particularly know. But we have a propensity to not do quite as much as we can do. Um, we look at other people's lives and we go, man, I've got it way harder than them. I've got it way harder than them. I work harder than them. I- you know, I've got more kids than that person, I'm more tired than this person. And we, we, for some reason, we want to be the one who in a conversation says, I work more hours, I sleep less hours, I eat, uh, uh, you know, less food, I uh, work out less or more, right? Every time we want to be the person who wins. Um, and so the reason why I think it's so important for us to seize the opportunity that we have is not, it's not that it's this moment. The truth is that I think that that's important every single moment that we have. Do I take time out for myself? Yes, I do. Do I give myself a, a fucking break from time to time? Yep. I sure do. Uh, Cause I don't, I am a human and don't have the capacity to run at 100% all the time. So when I feel my soul saying slow the fuck down, I try to listen. However, I try also not to give myself the out by saying, Oh, well, you know, everybody else is watching Netflix. So the fuck what? Um, one of my, one of my great friends, he uh, lives in Northern Arizona. Um, he owns a gym in Flagstaff and when I used to live up there and we would work out together and he would tell me all the time, every time that we worked out, um, we always worked out at six o'clock. He had a client uh-huh. from five to six and then him and I would work out from six to seven or seven thirty. Uh-huh. And he would say, do you know what? There's nobody else in the city working this hard right now. Nobody else is working as hard as you and I are working right fucking now. And it was the most invigorating thing to me. And that's something that I've carried with me. Um, I'm at, when we get off this, I'm going to actually text Jesse and tell him, How impactful that was uh, so that that I can affirm him in that. But obviously there were other people up working out. There are other gyms, other trainers, other things, but it wasn't about the other people. It was about me being willing to put in the work right now. So what he did is he framed it in a way that for me made it sound like, or feel like, sure, other people are doing things, but you're the one doing this right now. And that's what I want to encourage people with during this really strange fucking time that we're that we're operating in is that if you stop watching who if you stop looking at who's watching what on netflix and you stop worrying about who is or isn't working out and who is or isn't drinking and who is or isn't you know working on their meal plan or what the fuck ever and and you look at the things that matter to you right so what i've said a couple times is maybe during this quarantine you do work your ass off and you work three jobs and you need to recharge a little, then let that be the thing. Um, The analogy that I use to frame this is like an inheritance, right? Like we have something that we're never going to get again. Um, When my mom died, I got $30,000 and I blew through it like a fucking idiot. And I wish that I would have had more maturity to look at that and say, I'll never have this opportunity again. How do I make the most of this? I could have turned that $30,000 into almost anything. (laughs) Um, Instead, I just paid for a lot of my friends to drink with me um, and went on trips and took vacations. And, you know, like I, I, I gave it away and I had nothing to show. And I think this is a one, this is one of those type of opportunities. We're never going to, I imagine we'll never see something like this in, in my lifetime again. Um, and so what are we going to do with it? And I think the, the most important thing that we can do is lay it all out on the line. Yes, it's stressful to have kids at home. Yes, you might have to be learning how to work from home. Yes, you might have lost a job. Yes, the business that you've spent 10 years running might close. Yes, there's, there could potentially be a lot of really negative turmoil shit. But you also, you also have an enormous opportunity to reframe all of it. Um, I'm saving like, at least on average, I'm saving probably three hours a day by not driving anywhere. (laughs) So that's three more hours that I can invest into something. Whether that's investing it in me, investing it in creating a new business and creating a new, um, you know, passion project, whatever it is, I have the opportunity to at least take three hours a day that I didn't have before and put it into something good, um, And so that, that, that's some of my philosophy is it's, it's not that we should look at everybody else and and I don't want to give anybody the out to say, yep, I'm the person who gets to rest. Um, and you know, I also don't, man, fuck this conversation is, um, it's deep, uh, because (laughs) sorry, no, 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 it's good. But I'm just thinking about friends of mine who, you know, uh, when you, when you, do have a business or you are transitioning or you are losing income, there's anxiety that goes through that. So I don't want to sound heartless or disconcerned with the really, the actual painful pieces of this, the anxieties. You're not, you're
0: um, not, you know, just being very transparent. I'm exactly, check all the boxes, you know, wife, mortgage, two kids, lost job, both laid off, employment insurance, all of it. And we're still here. You know, so yeah. don't worry. Like, I, we, we, I need to hear this. People need to hear this. Understand this is what we're about. Vulnerability and like, you know, use me as a guinea pig. But I'm sorry, I interrupted <laughs> you. Go ahead.
1: No, no, no. I, I appreciate the encouragement because I, I, I don't ever want to sound, I can be very opinionated, obviously, <laughs> uh, but I don't ever want to sound insensitive that I'm not thinking about the other sides of it, right? So yes, you may really deeply struggle with anxiety. Um, that anxiety, the root of that anxiety is the question, I don't know or the statement, I don't know. You may not know where you're gonna work next. You may not know what the future looks like. And it's, I don't know that causes the anxiety. Um, Anxiety is different from depression in that way, right? Depression is something that um, can be chronic uh, that I think that we can obviously medicate it. I think there's um, different varying experiences of something like depression. Anxiety is from the, 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 the statement, I don't know or there's a, there's a fear. There's a, there's a, a a lack of understanding of what lies in front of you or an overwhelm of the experience that has previously happened to you. And all of those things build up when we're either too far in the past or too far in the future, they cause an anxiety um, about something that we can't yet control. And so lay it all on the line. That statement is really founded in how do I, how do I sit here right now, not three weeks ago, not three months from now. What does right now do for me? And how can I turn this into an opportunity that sets my family, myself, my business, my kids, my whatever into something that grows out of this? Um how do we plant seeds in this that grow from it as opposed to ripping out the weeds and going, oh my god, it fucking it's all gonna, it's all gonna die? Um, and so some of that staying in the now, there's a book called, uh, the power of now by Eckhart Tolle or Tolle. I don't know how he pronounced his last name. Um, but essentially the, the movement of the book is to say nothing exists then on either side, not backward, then not forward, then it simply exists right now. And in right now, that's the thing we can control. And so, even if even if you uh, are experiencing the worst of the worst during this um, this quarantine and this the fucking strange, strange moment that we're in, you still have the opportunity of now to turn it into something um, and don't don't waste that moment. Don't waste the opportunity, this once in a lifetime opportunity to turn this into something, even if you don't know what that something is. If you don't know what that something is, fucking call me and I'll spend a half hour on the phone with you and I will help you understand what that, that something can be. And I'll, I'm, I'm, I mean that like if anybody listening to your show wants, doesn't know what they want to do, I will give you 30 minutes of my time and I'll help you understand it in a very short amount of time. Um, and. That's all it takes. A lot because, of people
0: underestimate what they can do in a very short amount of time.
1: Man. And, and I, I mean that like I'd, I'm that that's not a sell for me. Like I will donate my time to the people who listen to your show. Um, If they are feeling really fucking stuck and don't know what to do, I will help unstick you. Just call me (laughs) my phone. You can call me from Instagram for fuck's sake, just do it. Uh, And, and I will talk to you. Um, So the, the, but sometimes that's all we need, right? We just need a little perspective on what this is and, and what it can be when it's done. Um, and that's what I'm doing in in my own life. That's what I'm, you know, I spent 20 hours last week on the phone, on Skype calls and zoom calls and FaceTime calls with people who I know and love who are texting me like, fuck, I don't know what what I'm going to do. I don't know how to use Instagram this way. I don't know how to, you know, pivot. And I gave away 20 hours of my time, which in my normal business life, I can charge a lot of money for that time. (laughs) But that's not the th- that's not the thing for me. The thing for me is that if we are all doing this right now, I will I will be here with you right now. Um, especially in in a time where you know I don't have masks to give, and uh, fucking every grocery store around me is out of toilet paper, so I can't give you those you things. Know. But there I can you give you my time. Um, So anyway, I hope that's
0: important. No, it totally answers it because, um, it's especially in these moments where, again, we go back to, you know, something that fuels both you and I, which is the humanity, because we're all human beings and the human, we just want to make sense. We just want to, you know, be reassured at some way. And as you said, these are unprecedented time that we're living in and any person in any which way, a lot of people, again, first of all, neglect what they can do in a short amount of time. And again, probably, um, misconceive what has value and one of the biggest things you can do for someone especially in these times of social distancing my god that's a real buzzword these days but (laughs) is to give people your time you know and really listen and really be there and that's something you do so genuinely and it's something that again i can't say it enough i really applaud you for because it takes these are these are very very singular you know um Competencies that people lack and probably should develop the ability to listen, the ability to be present, and the ability to be empathetic to the human condition. It takes a very special kind of genuine person to do that. And I want to thank you for that, Dennis. Really, it really, really, really means a lot. Really. Jesus, thank you. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not just throwing it out there, man. But I want to keep my promise. I know you're a busy guy. And again, I know we're coming up on top of the hour. Um, as the running tradition, of the podcast first of all i want to celebrate you for everything you're doing i want to as always know i want you to know you have a friend in canada you know we're not just going to remain strangers and again in any which way you know i want you to help you know i want to help you know if any my if my platform can help you know push the message forward you know keep you know creating these connections because we're all in this together never, never hesitate. You know, I'm here to back you up and support you in any which way I can. Definitely. You have a friend in Canada, just want you to know. Again, also, Thank you. open invite. Anytime you want to be back, just shoot the breeze. You know, always open. Always open. Always open. It's a pleasure, a real pleasure to have you on because it's been such an energizing conversation. Again, it's really mm. something that really gives me jazz. You know, it really reminds me why I do this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and hoping the listeners definitely, definitely are going to be there benefiting from it. But Running Tradition, on the podcast last question as always call to action a meme a quote whatsoever just a little nugget you know and everything all this jumble jumble, everybody's going through right now something they can wake up with tomorrow you know take that next step towards the next level what can we leave them with
1: you um man you are worth putting in the work for uh, that, that could be better stated by, by hearing it and, or saying it to yourself. Like I am worth putting in the work for, um, cause we're, we're in a, we're in a space in life, not just now. This is not just about now we're in a space in life where if we don't, um, believe that we're worth putting in the work, we don't, and we won't, um, if we're not, if we don't feel like we're worth self-acknowledgement, if we don't feel like we're worth, um, true, honest affirmation, if we don't feel like we're worth taking the risk on a new business or on a new venture or something else, um, then we won't do it because we only put energy into things that we find worth and value in. And so uh, if you're listening, just repeat after me, I am worth putting in the work. I'm worth putting in the work. I'm worth putting in the work. I'm worth putting in the work. I am worth putting in the fucking work and i'm worth
0: putting in the work i am worth putting in the work i am worth putting in the work
1: wow most that
0: felt good definitely
1: yeah man i believe that shit (laughs) because it's true
0: yeah oh man uh where can the listeners uh time for shameless plugging where can the listeners connect with you on the interwebs
1: uh yeah man dennisgable.com my my site is, it holds all of the things, right? It holds self to society, which is my podcast. It holds um, brand producer, which is my company. I do brand strategy and brand management. Um, I also, I wrote a poetry book. It's on Amazon. You can find it on my site. So just dennisgable.com will kind of lead you to all of the different facets of what I am um, on social at Dennis Gable. It's very, I'm very easy to find. If you can spell my name correctly, you can find. find me anywhere you want. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dennis, it's been an honor and a privilege to have you on the podcast. Easy to connect with you. You're such a warm person. As I like to say, it's so nice to connect with the person behind the brand and realize that basically the person you see you know, online is always the same person you get to connect with. And that's something that really means a lot to me. Thank you so much uh, for your presence and your time because I do value it. As always, dude, guys, please do connect with Dennis on the interweb dennisgable.com I'll be sure to you know show up as I always do very faithfully put on all the web presences on the podcast on the blog post once it goes live so look out for that Dennis as always to you and yours be safe wash your hands (laughs) and to all you guys thanks so much as always for supporting this adventure of the Awaken the Awesome podcast from Canada all the way down to Arizona this show is really putting some traction man wow (laughs) (laughs) thanks so much for your support guys have a terrific evening as always stay blessed and please do stay awesome this has been another episode of the awaken the awesome podcast we always love to get your feedback so please do drop us a line via instagram facebook or email our email address awaken the at gmail.com do visit our official website at awaken the where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and incredible guests also if you haven't already